0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Thunder Chats here, coming to you with our presenting sponsor once again, BetOnline.ag. It is your number one source for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's Pro Basketball Playoffs. Bet Online is your always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs, basketball, MLB nhl hockey right to ufc and boxing bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action be sure to use our promo code b-l-e-a-v that is capital letters b-l-e-a-v believe to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts and welcome back everybody to another edition of the top of thunder podcast i'm your host dylan hunsinger at thunder chats where you're part of the Believe network and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag now that that is out of the way we are in the fan side of our draft coverage we've had many different experts of many different um you know representations come on and talk about their favorite prospects but we are going to be diving into the fan side today and I can't think of a better way to start off the fan side of you know the draft perspective than bringing in the guests that we have today. So <clears throat> without further ado, joining us today are men of great stature in the Thunder community. One is an Oklahoma native who Thunder tradition runs through his blood. One is an Oklahoma City man of mystery who, until today, I've never even seen his face and his name is not linked to his account. So up until that moment, I wasn't sure that he wasn't in a highly sophisticated AI. Uh, One thing that is not a mystery, however, is his fandom for the Thunder. Whether it's highlights, aggregations, or bodying Justin Termini on the timeline, these two are legends and Thunder fans' hearts and minds. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome members of the Thunder Twitter, Mount Rushmore, Yosef, at Thunder Film Room, and at Thunder Focus.
0: What's up? Appreciate it, bro.
1: Yeah, absolutely, boys. Uh, you know, we had a good time having you guys on uh, last time. Uh, I think it was for Family Feud. You know, it, it was an awesome time. I think I think you guys might have lost to my wife and Cone. Uh, that that feels like it sticks out in my mind. But you know, definitely wanted to get you guys on to you know talk a little Thunder content. And you know, I don't think I don't know if you guys realize this. It's kind of sneaking up on me. We're 16 days away from the NBA draft, and you know, we're we're trending up as a Thunder team, but we have a chance to really kick it into high gear, uh, you know, in the next couple of weeks. So uh let's get talking about it, guys. So <clears throat> I kind of sent you this outline and I forgot about this question. This is something I've been asking all my guests. So disregard pick twelve, disregard the lottery, disregard the first round if you have to. Just in a vacuum, excluding the top three. I'll give that caveat. No Wimby, no scoot, no Brandon Miller, but in a vacuum, who is your favorite prospect for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the entire draft? And I'm gonna start with focus here.
2: My favorite prospect, um, I think I'll have to go Taylor Hendricks. Um, I know it's a common name. It's a you know, a bit conservative there, but I think the fit defensively, especially next to Chet, he can cover a lot um, his great ground coverage skills. Um, the rebounding of course is a huge addition. And even though his shooting's really low volume right now you can see him becoming a real threat down the line and it just feels like he embodies a lot of this thunder traits or this creation upside even though it's pretty limited right now kind of similar to um, walker mm-hmm. i feel like you can see him go into that role and out of it's really only him and walker for that true four type that you want to check and i would slightly prefer him because of that shooting upside but I don't – I will I will say I don't really love anyone in this draft for OKC in the lottery, okay. but we'll see how it goes. All right,
1: absolutely fair, man. And I'm right there with you in terms of, like, you know, those two guys kind of being my favorite fits, uh, specifically Hendrix. I have him – right now I have him four on my board and Walker uh, – Jairus right. Walker's five. Yeah, I'm, I'm very high on both of them. Just some like, you know, like you said, fitting into that, like, four, four spot for us. And I just think that Hendrix, you know, he – he gives us that coveted shooting that we've wanted for so long. Uh, a lot, In a lot of ways, he's functionally gives us the same strengths that Chet Holmgren gives us to a lesser degree on offense and defense with the interior presence and shot blocking. So I'm right there with you. Yosef, do you like Taylor Hendricks there as your favorite guy, or do you got somebody else?
0: Um, I, I like <coughs> Hendricks, but I would go – he's kind of become mainstream now on tw- Thunder Twitter, which I like You really hate. Um, but – Bilal would be my guy Um, he's been my guy for like three months now Um, he's kind of just that guy that overseas guy that I've gone attached to like two years ago was Giddy last year was Usman for me so this year it's Bilal Um, but you know we drafted those two guys so I'm hoping uh, things kind of fall that way Um, I think a lot of the narrative on him has really been I don't want to say like off like off but like especially like this like stuff about him being a huge project like i think mm-hmm. he's a lot more ready than people really want to say he is um just look at him physically compared to Us and like other projects we've drafted in the past um obviously the shooting clip is low right now he only shoots one three a game but like i believe in the shot long term um the rim finishing the drives and especially the cutting for me I think that's like when I watch his tape that's the first thing off rip that sticks out Um, a lot of it is systematic cuts whether it's in the play um, but you do see some reactive and some proactive cuts that get me really excited and then he has he's on the defensive end I think he's a flawless defender honestly Um, obviously some room for improvement um, but especially with I feel like this like big focus we're pushing on defense with this new era I think that's like a guy that just I don't know he just I just love everything about him,
1: man. I'm I'm rather with you. I've been on him, you know, since March, since he was like a second round prospect, and he's just slowly climbed his way up draft boards and mock drafts and everything. Now we got rumors linking him to us, and yeah, man, his his defense is wait for it ball consuming. Um, I mean, he's, he's literally a black hole. He shuts down the entire side of the floor when he's on defense. And you know, you, you talk about his low volume and three point shooting. I'm like, absolutely it is like whenever he's been on the A team. But if you look at like his stats and you know what he did on the B team, like, yeah, he wasn't shooting a great percentage, but he was doing so in a higher volume. So I think he was shooting like 32, 33% on like five attempts per game from three. So you know, somewhere kind of in the middle of like the low volume, high percentage, high volume, low percentage is, I think is kind of, you know, a truer indication of what a shooting is going to be in the league. But I'm rather with you, man, just like, you know, you talk about how his size is like so much different than ooze and poke and like all these other projects. But like, to me, it's his demeanor, like a hundred percent, like this guy's a dog. He's a competitive gamer. Yeah. He, he wants to tear your freaking face off, man. And um, you know, we, we struggle with seeing, like we see ooze struggle to like turn it up. And, you know, over years we struggle with Poku kind of struggle to turn it back. And like, I think Bilal kind of has that sweet spot of like knowing when to go, like, you know, always being on. So I, I mean, boys, we're off to a great start because we, you know, talking about our favorite prospects in the draft, you guys touched on two of my absolute favorites in the entire process. So this is awesome. Um, all right, well let, let's let's go to twelve. So um, obviously, Bilal is a guy that could be around twelve. So you know we can rehash him if you want to, but I'm gonna start with Yosef here. And I asked you guys kind of come up with a couple prospects. You know, if the Thunder were to stay at twelve, who your favorite guys are in that range?
0: Um, yeah, I think first. So I'm trying to be as realistic of someone who could be there. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm a big Grady Dick guy just as a prospect. I know there's a lot of fears of him on defense in terms of him and Josh being on the court at the same time. Um, But I think that's a guy who we honestly didn't get to see his full game, especially his full offensive game at Kansas, just due to the system. Um, I think he's a lot better on-ball handler than people want to give him credit for. And he's just an elite, elite off-ball scorer. Um, And he gives you just some complimentary on-ball stuff. And then on the defensive end, I do think he's better than people want to give him credit for. I think a lot of people see kind of this white guy, you know, plays at Kansas. And they're, you know, maybe stereotyping a little. I think he's a smart defender. Um, I do think he has the size and the weight to kind of make up for some of his lack of functional athleticism. Uh, but that's enough. That's like that's one guy that like dream scenario. I think like if Oklahoma City gets him, like I just think about Shea driving and kicking out to him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I see a lot of people like you know whenever somebody's asking for a shooter in the strat, they're like, "Well, we have Isaiah Joe." Like you know, I mean, you know, where you have a shooter, it's like, what? Where where did this idea come from that you can only have one shooter on the floor? Like if you had Isaiah Joe out there and Grady Dick out there. For Shea driving the lane, then you know you have Chet Holmgren, you have Jalen Williams out there. Like you have the spacing that we've coveted for so long as Thunder fans. Like I, I'm with you, man. I, I really like Grady Dick. He's I'm, I'm not as high on him as like somebody like Ryland. Ryland size. you know, he's a big Kansas fan, so he has him a little bit higher. But I, I'm I'm very I'm a very big believer in his tools. So I, I'm with you there. Uh, let's go to focus for one, and I'll come back to you. So if we'll kind of go back and forth that way, you know, we alternate. Takes a little bit. Uh, focus, who's somebody that you kind of like at
2: 12 for the Thunder? So Grady was my guy. Um, but oh, man. I'll say my backup plan. I'll say Casey Wallace. Um, the offensive fit is a bit weirder than probably Grady, but I really think he can be one of the most special guard defenders we've seen in the last few years. Um, he fits like the OKC mold of like a smart, uh, quick, like, quick decision maker. So mm-hmm. if you want to put him in that, I would say Dortville, even though I feel like that's not really serving Dort and Casey's greatness as well. But, you know, those, that quick off the catch, I think his shot is, is going to improve a lot quicker than people think. I mean, it's ahead of someone like Anthony Black. I mean, much ahead of someone like Anthony Black, who's in a similar range. Um, and, yeah, like, the amount of things he can do with defense, his hands are remarkable. And yes. his entire lower body is, like, It doesn't look real at times. How he can move? I I would probably, I would be super hyped with him at twelve. I don't know if he lasts. Maybe goes to Washington at eight after Mm -hmm. yesterday. But I would love him at
1: twelve. Yeah, I saw those reports after his uh, workout (laughs) with the Wizards that he shut down the the Hawks workout at fifteen or something like that. So yeah, I I think he makes a lot of sense for the Wizards at eight. You know, there was the thought that maybe his back injuries, which he suffered during the season is something that like scouts were kind of worried about, but yeah, you know, maybe the wizards are all right with it. But, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you again. Like you guys are touching all over my favorite pro- prospects here. Like Casey Wallace, obviously I'm a UK guy, you know, uh, for the audio listeners, I threw my hand straight up in the air, just like I do anytime somebody says Casey Wallace on this podcast. Um, defensively, like you said, you hit the nail on the head, like some of the quickest hands, like in a prospect that like we we've seen, Uh, he's a crazy shot blocker for his position. I I think offensively you saw, you saw enough at Kentucky um, to get excited because as a Kentucky fan, I can say it was some of the worst spacing we've had in years. You've got Oscar Sheway just parked in the lane for 36 minutes a game. And, you know, like I said, like no shooters out there and, but we should be impressed with what Kasem was able to do with that limited spacing. And I think coming into the NBA, and I think I think you touched on it, you know, him kind of playing that Dort role. And I think also he could play kind of the Trey man role. I think he could be a hybrid between the two roles in the short term or long term, um, you know, if we were to take him to us. So, yeah, I, I like that pick a lot, too. Uh, Yosef, how do you feel about Kasem before we get to your favorite one?
0: I've honestly been on and off with Casein. One day mm-hmm. I love him, one day I don't. Like I will say right now, I have Casein written down as one of the guys I would take at twelve. Um, Let's go. I think for me, I do as like secondary hitter. Uh, I think my worry is not worry necessarily because I don't think it's really anything against him. I think it's more of the Thunder's philosophy is like, all right, he's only six four, um, mm-hmm. and like. I know it sounds crazy to say only 6'4 because, like, just even a few years ago, that's well above league average in terms of guard size, and it probably still is. Um, But just with the big jumbo craters that they've been getting, I don't know necessarily if they lean that way. Um, But I am very intrigued, especially with Kaysen being like a guy to run that backup unit um mm-hmm. i think that's really intriguing especially with his drive skills that like i feel like gets kind of overshadowed just a little he's a really functional driver um and a really good finisher you fit right in the drive game man number one in the league <laughs> uh who else you got
1: yosef kind of at the 12 spot
0: Okay, so we've pretty much touched on everyone that like I would be willing to just take at 12. So I'll go back to Taylor Hendricks um, just because I believe in the shot. I think he gives you both vertical and uh, vertical spacing and three point spacing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do believe in the defense in terms of like he's a really good rotator, which would really fit in in this like over help defensive scheme um nice frame I think my one thing with him compared to Jairus would be like the on ball ability um with Jairus it's still pretty limited but like you I believe in it much more long term in terms of something that could develop I think with Taylor he's a like it's much more of like a complimentary type of guy he's going to be more of just a fit piece um but like if he's there at 12 we talk about like value of the pick like that's great value
1: yeah, no, absolutely. If, if he's there at 12, I'm doing a backflip, man. Like,
0: I love cool Bali more than
1: almost anybody in this draft, like, you know, just as a prospect. But if Hendrick's there at 12, like, you don't sprint to the pro- – you teleport to the podium to, like, make that pick before, like, you, you know, you even think about anything. Um, <clears throat> Focus, I'm going to go back to you here, man. Did you have anybody else at 12? And if not, I wanted to kind of pose a question. Um, 12.
2: Um. I have some trade-up guys, but I don't think I really have anyone I would love at 12. Some guys I would be
1: cool with. Um, Before we get to trade-up, I want to ask you guys this question because we we just had a couple of guys from those families that have been pushing this idea a little bit. Kevin O'Connor mocked him there. Jonathan Wasserman's mocked him there. Derek Lively at 12 is becoming a thing. It's starting to feel a little bit like James Booknight. I I can't lie to you, especially with KOC starting to push it. Um, How do you guys feel about the idea of – I guess first in a vacuum, Derek Lively on the Thunder. But, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, like Derek Lively being the pick at 12.
0: Um, I know later we're going to talk about <laughs> Least Like. Yeah. Uh, Derek is there. And that's not against Derek as a prospect. Mm-hmm. It's what I want for this team to do. I think, like, I think it would be, I don't, don't want to say, like, asinine. Um, but, like, I think it would be, I would be mind blown if they didn't run Chet at the five and they yeah. didn't try that out first. Like, I think that's the plan. I'm really set on it. Uh, the onset on that being the plan. So like if Lively's Lively's the pick at 12, I don't know how I'll react. Like, I, I think I'll be pretty <laughs> underwhelmed, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. We'll see. I have seen like, who is it? Oh, Jonathan Gavoni put out a mock today that had Lively going in like the late twenties. Um, so like, Oh, man uh if, if Lively's like a late 20s guy and the thunder trade into the first and like that's i think that's a different scenario but if he's like mm-hmm. your one pick in the lottery uh you know i do think like he fits everything the thunder like try to do like i do think he's a smart player i think he can play make. he can be a dho hub um but like in terms of just that being your guy for the lottery i i'd be very 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 underwhelmed yeah what about you folks
2: um I think I actually tweeted about this like a week ago, but I don't see Lively and Chad coexisting to how the Thunder won um, offensively, just because you see how much they value, like Yus- Yusuf said earlier, the um, bigger creators tacking off the catch. And of course, Lively is a big, he's mostly going to be coming off. I mean, first of all, I don't really think he's a great screener at all. Mm-hmm. It's like one of my concerns with him overall. And... If you do draft Lively, then I question because I thought all, all along that you're going to have Chad to five and limit these rim rolling bigs. You're going to have all these skilled five out type bigs. If you draft Lively, why didn't you draft Duran last year? If That was like my biggest question. It wouldn't make sense to pass on Duran to take Lively in that sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really fair question. I haven't even thought of You know, there's a you got all the naysayers about Usman Jang and passing on so- Duran and, and- yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, if, if that was going to be a like bring. your water pick. <laughs> yeah, I know.
0: It's, 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 it, a, it's a frustrating I'm not, conversation. I'm not trying to be a jerk, but insufferable human beings. <laughs> insufferable <laughs> human beings. Like, like, they'll use this year of Usman and be like, see? And it's like, brother, <laughs> yeah. I could have told you Usman wasn't like, I was high on Us. I could have like, told you Usman was wasn't going to do a thing this she, year. She said,
2: like, Did they expect, like... 15 points per game starter, Usman, like, I have no idea what to expect.
0: Like, we all knew Duren would be good. Like, that yeah. was – like, people knew Duren would be good. That was never the – like, you drafted Usman for the upside, not for what he mm-hmm. could give you now.
1: Yeah, and also, also like, you draft Ooze because you have – you had the luxury of bringing in Chet and Jalen Williams, two guys that, you know, before Chet's injury, you kind of figured was going to contribute early on. And Ooze was kind of be a guy that could develop in the wings. Um, so yeah, I I'm glad you said it because you know I've I've got I've got my opinions about that as well. But uh, let, let's kind of get back on the schedule here. So talking about trade up targets, focus. You kind of bled into this before I cut you off with the lively uh, thing here. But who's some trade up guys that you like?
2: Um, I know uh, both these players are a bit controversial, especially for the funder, but. If the Thompson Twins start sliding down the draft, like past six, hmm. I would definitely, like, I just think the talent overwhelms the fit at that point. Um, in man's case, he's a special on-ball creator, special passer, and of course, you know, one of the best athletic prospects you can get. And in um, Ozner's case, he, I think he'll be a really good connected piece on this team. Um, elite defensive ceiling. His shot's not great, of course, but... I think it could become serviceable eventually in this league, probably like mid thirties, which is something you can live with if you're replacing who your current free is like in blue. You're not losing much in spacing there. Mm -hmm. So those are like the two guys if they do start sliding. I'm a bit hesitant on trading up into top five to take one of them, like with all the assets you'd have to give up. But if they start sliding, I would definitely give a good offer to one of those teams.
1: Yeah, I I understand that for sure. Yosef, do do you like the Thompson Twins? Or I saw you nodding there in agreements.
0: Yeah, um, I think there's like a realistic chance Osser can drop. um, Mm -hmm. Because I do think a lot of front offices still very much have questions about OTE. um, And I think rightfully so. I'm just not a fan of the brand of basketball there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like I I do think, especially Osser, I think could be like the perfect, people might get mad, this, but like the perfect Lou Dork replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I do think that, uh, defensive upside is like special. And I also believe in his shot potential a lot more than Amin's. Yes. Um, so I think that's kind of the big difference for me. Uh, but like, I do think there's a scenario where they could drop, um, how far, I don't know. Cause I think eventually once it gets to like, say if they drop past six or seven, it, when you're those teams in the late, like late tens, you know, or like early, uh, teens, it's like, at you know, this is a swing, but like the value is just absurd. To that pick, <clears throat> right? Like mm-hmm. the value there would just be astronomical. Um, because these are guys that were mocked top five just a year ago. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I honestly would. I I, I think a lot of people when they say I'm kind of rambling, sorry. Like when they trade <laughs> up, they just like we they they want us to just trade up to trade up, right? Mm-hmm. But like I think a big thing is like what is the value we're getting giving, and like does that prospect exceed that value to us right like mm-hmm. and i we will probably have to overpay just because of all the assets we have and a lot of teams especially in the draft like would rather just you, you got to overpay to get up right but like especially a guy like us sir i'm very high on him honestly um the six seven like here i come back to the height and the wingspan and stuff like six mm-hmm. seven at the three i'm like ooh, but like whenever you have a six six guard and then giddy who you know six eight six nine like i think you can live with it
1: yeah, and I, I'm rather with you. i uh, also, you know funny enough, Azor is one of the other guys, like you know, I highlighted four guys before, like at the start of the draft cycle. It was Hendrick, Case, and Bilal, and Azor. Um, so th- these are all my favorite guys. Um, i I liked Azor over Amen specifically for the Thunder just because a lot of what you mentioned, like defensively, like I mean, I've said he has the potential to be just an absolute demon on the defensive end, uh, with you know, his length, his uh his twitchiness, his instincts, and like just the dog mentality that he has. And then in terms of like his fit on the Thunder, uh, much like Blah, honestly, like his cutting and slashing, I feel like is his greatest asset. Um, and I just, I just have these like mental images of like Josh Giddy throwing like a whip pass as he cuts baseline. He just explodes with like a cockback slam. Like I, I, I think he would thrive with this team. And you know, obviously the shooting, like, 100% agree with you. I think he's like far and away better than Amen. His shot doesn't look just absolute shattered. Um, and also we have Chip England. And, you know, I, I made the point in the last podcast, so we've got to like, you know, stop saying like Chip can fix every prospect that we bring in because Chip's only one guy. But I think that if you bring in a guy like Azor, I think that the importance of a guy with his potential to learn how to shoot is just as important as a guy as Josh Giddey to learn how to shoot. So I think that that could be split a little bit. But, um, Joseph, you know, I, I kind of derailed you with the Thompson Twins. Did you have anybody else that you wanted to mark as a trade up target?
0: Okay, so I have the main stream guy, Drew Walker, like mm-hmm. I think everyone, you know, that's the easy guy to say. Um the next one I would say is Anthony Black. Um Oh man. And so I was I was originally very not underwhelmed, but like I think there's very a lot of overlapping skill sets when it comes to Anthony Black. Um but like the more I watch his film, like I think he's a gifted gifted connecting passer. Um his feel and just the way he's able to recognize what the defense is doing and able to his processing speed, I think is absurd. Um, I believe in the shot. Uh, and so I think that's what like kind of gets me, um, more the catch and shoot shot than like off the dribble. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I, the way I see it is I know a lot of people are probably like, "Oh, well, we don't need another guard. The overlapping skill sets with like him and Josh. but like, I still very much don't think this team is in a like, position to like make a pick where it's like strictly for let's compete now or mm-hmm. let's just pick fit. Um, and so I think that's why Anthony Black like, has just popped out for me a little. Um, now, would I trade up highly to get him? No, probably mm-hmm. to like 10 that's probably where I would go just because of the value that you having to give up. Um, but yeah, that's a guy jumbo creator. Um, just what he's able to do. He's, I think he shoots like mid sixties at the rim. Um, I think it's a guy that's like way better than a lot of people really want to admit. Um, he's also way more athletic than like he looks when he's moving. Cause he doesn't have that deceptive, like really fast speed. He mm-hmm. kind of moves to his own pace, but then like you see, sometimes he just can jump out of the gym um so yeah that's a guy that's honestly climbing my big board a lot right now um i don't know how much you know in terms of just thunder fit but just as a prospect and like bpa that's a guy that's like really pop for me
1: yeah and you know throughout the process i mean i'm sure people that listen to this podcast see me on twitter like he's not my favorite prospect like you know in that least favorite section like he's probably one of them for me but (laughs) that's not for him just in a vacuum as a prospect like you're saying like i think that he's going to succeed in the nba and i think that um barring the situation he could be a star in this league like he has all the tools to do that um and you know my question was always just the fit with the thunder like you were saying but you make a good point you know when you're in the lottery it doesn't matter if you know you're in the play and it doesn't matter what circumstances you were in like when you're in the lottery uh you're in position to improve like you're you're not set in your roster so you know at that point bpa which is you know kind of the philosophy that the Thunder go not necessarily at consensus BPA, but BPA based on their board. Um, yeah, I mean, I can, I can see, I think you've laid out the case as good as anybody has for Anthony Black. So congrats to you, Yosef. Uh, focus. Did you have anybody else you wanted to list as a trade up target?
2: Um, I, I did mention Taylor Hendricks earlier. I mm-hmm. would trade up probably to probably like eight to nine to get him, but yep. I, I wouldn't really trade up for anyone else in that range. I, I can't think of anyone right now. Um if Cam Whitmore falls, I'm not a huge fan either. Just because of like he's kind of a low field player in that way. And I don't really think he would fit the Thunder um in in that type of sense. So I don't I think it's really those three guys for me. And the Thompsons, Walker and Hendricks. Actually that's four. So,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah, they're twins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're pretty similar, so that's fair. Uh let me ask you so, this move on. Yo, what's up? Oh, sorry.
0: Would would you trade up for Bilal?
1: <sighs> that's a loaded question. I've man. I've, <laughs>
0: I've I've rest, I've wrestled with this for like a few weeks, if like a week now, since he's been climbing. Would you I trade mean... up like let's say to ten? Would you trade up to ten for him?
1: To ten, yeah, I, I'd trade up to ten for him. If if, if Hendricks, like if the guys I, ahead of him on my board are gone, like if Hendricks, Jairus, and Cam, like I have Cam higher than Blaw right now on my board, just because I feel like he could like slide into the four spot as more of a play finisher, not so much like you know the creator size that we have with a lot of the other players. But yeah, I mean if if he's if they're gone and like the Mavericks are willing to move pick ten, like yeah, I'm what, let's go for Blaw, man. Like how. <laughs> I'm Here's a, a
2: cool believer. Here's my thing. If it's ten and it's Dallas, mm-hmm. why not keep both? Because I think you can make a strong offer to Dallas. Yeah. Take ten away straight up. Take some like Bert Hansary yeah. away. Um, trade some twenty twenty four picks. And I think there's a real chance you can get both.
0: And you, you give pass. them assets to make a trade for to actually yeah. like mm-hmm. that roster.
1: Not only that, you have the you have the possibility of Vasily G. Mishich coming over uh, once again, and I feel like yeah. you know he'd be a fun Dude, player that you know we could probably enjoy playing with.
0: I just want to see that guy in the NBA. Like, <laughs> just... it, he's past his prime right now. He's kind of dropped. Like the numbers have dropped a little. The tape doesn't look as sleek as it did two years ago. Mm-hmm. But like he's a good basketball player. I just want to see him play in the league. I don't really care where at this point. Yeah.
1: And I mean, he fits the Mavericks M.O. And, you know, in terms of like uh, European white guys that you kind of bring over to play with Luca. So uh, that would be fun. I want to ask you guys this before we move on to uh, kind of the late first round. Obviously, the Wizards went and snatched Will Dawkins from the Thunder. Um, Do you guys think that these moves make it more or less likely that the Thunder make a trade with the Wizards on draft night?
0: I don't really sure if it, like, changes anything. Like, yeah. I think, sure, it helps to have that relationship and, like, it makes getting deals done easier. Um, but I'm not sure it really does a ton. I will say Sam Presti GMing tree doesn't look so hot right now. Um, <laughs> you know, doesn't look beautiful. So if we can, you know, get a Rob Hennigan-type trade going, uh, I would love it. But I'm not really sure it really moves the needle that much because especially with Washington, like, I have no clue what direction they're going. Um, it seems like they're still like staying in the middle. I know that supposedly the Clippers guy got like the gut to go to like do a rebuild, but I, I have no clue what their like real goals are at the end of the day.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What about you, folks?
2: Um, kind of like similar to what Yusuf said. I don't remember if there was a time when an executive went to another team and they made a trade like in the short term. Um, mm. I mean, again, it helps to have the relationship. Um, maybe you can get intel, like, further intel from there, but I don't really know if there's, if there's, like, a higher likelihood. Though I do think it would make some sense um, if they want to start a rebuild and, like, take a swing at a guard like Keontae George or someone mm. if they want to trade back for like, a guy like him. But I, if there's trade-up candidates, I would probably say it would probably be Utah at this point that's like the one that makes sense in my mind.
1: Yeah. They're, they're also a team that, you know, has multiple first round picks. So that, that, that would make some sense. Um, Let's, let's move on to the late first round. So, you know, guys, as you all know, as you're well-versed, the Thunder have many future picks, many toys in the chest that they can play with to try to, you know, really get anywhere in this draft, excluding Victor Wamiyama. So this is, I'm going to say with the caveat, this is in addition to pick 12 or whatever we trade up for, you know, to get up in the higher lottery. So in addition to that, say the thunder were to trade back into the late first round, who are a couple guys that you like that you could see the thunder taking a chance on, or you think would be able to plug and play right away. And uh, we'll start with Joseph.
0: Okay. Um, my first guy is Chris Murray. Um, this is like if they don't go draw Cear Taylor early. Um, that's you know guy who I think he pretty much has it all on offense except the shot. Um, if he could shoot, he's a what top ten guy probably in this draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but really smart ball hand, smart passer, really good ball handler, and then the defense. That's really what pops out to me. Um, guy can really do. Uh, all at all like he can wall off the ball handler he can block shots um the body physically he's built there to you know he can sustain time in the league and then i go back to the off ball team defense um just a really really smart defender a guy that would fit really well in the system um i really don't know where he's gonna go um but that's a guy like i i do believe in the sh- shooting potential um so like that's a guy if he if he can get even i mean Mid thirties. That's a that's a really high end role player, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I, I like Chris as a as a guy that kind of target late as well. Um I, I do selfishly kind of want to see the Kings draft him. You know, if, if we don't get him, you know, just seek play with his brother. But uh if we did get him, I, I would be very excited, especially you know if we just pair him, him with like a Bilal or a Kaysen or a Kante George or something like that. But uh what about you, folks? You got anybody in the late first round that you're liking?
2: Um. I don't know if he'll beat it in the late first, but if Dariq Whitehead falls, yeah, I would I would overpay for that value pick, bro. Um, his shooting was, of course, his one huge bright spot last season, and you have to bet on a guy like that when you, when you have that many picks, the top five prospect before the injuries and everything. You have to bet on the explosive coming back, and I still think even if um, it doesn't really fully regroup fully regained. He still has a pretty solid floor as a player with his, I think he's a pretty solid field player and his shooting, of course, is amazing. Mm-hmm. I think worst case is still a solid, solid player for, for Derrick. and the risk is definitely there, but I would take it. I think it's a well-advised gamble.
1: Yeah. Yosef, uh, I, I saw you
0: were, you, you were feeling that one, man. How you, how you feel about trading back in for Derek Rieke? no yeah that was one of the other names i had written down i think that's a guy like 100 percent worth the risk um before the injuries and everything you go watch the high school tape he is by far the best player on the court by far top three player in the country um that's yeah that's a guy that's really stuck out to me especially like i think it's so important when we add context mm-hmm. to like why a guy struggles in college like it makes me think of like Zaire Williams a few years ago. Like a lot of people like just want to ignore all the context there. And like, there's a lot of context to drink, like the injury, he didn't get to do any ramp up time coming in. Um, And it was just like nagging the whole season. Uh, I think, you know, obviously he was underwhelming, but like the context like that, I think really matters. Um, And that's a dude. Yeah. I think you go watch his high school tape, which is, I think, Hey, go just go watch it he looks so good um especially with the foot injury like i don't think people really understand how difficult it is to like rehab a foot injury and like it can just be from just stress it can start hurting again um and so yeah that's a guy i would definitely trade up for i don't know how far he'll drop uh that's a guy like i have no feel on honestly i Mm -hmm. think he could go in the teens and i think he'd go in the 20s um but yeah that's a guy I i would i would give some good stuff up for Yeah, he's a guy –
1: I was on Locked on Thunder yesterday with Rylan, and he's a guy that – you know. Rylan asked me what I thought Presti was going to do. And I was like, well, there's conventional. uh, There's what I would like to see happen. And then there's what's actually going to happen, and Presti just drafts somebody completely off the wall people think a reach. But, like, when you take a step back, look at it, it's going to end up being a good pick. And I said that, you know, if I'm going with a Presti Shocker pick, it's Derrick Whitehead at twelve. And, you know, because of, you know, all the things that you guys said, like – uh, he's one of the youngest players in the draft, like one of the three youngest players in the draft. His potential is through the roof. He's got good measurables for his position. Um, obviously, you know, all the things in high school that he was able to showcase is like what really sticks out. But the thing that stands out to me and the thing that's most impressive to me is he went through this injury, you know, before the season started, he missed the beginning of the season. He started to work his way into the rotation after the season had already been going. Um, coming back from his injury, trying to fight for minutes on the rotation and the fact that he was able to shoot forty two percent from three while battling all those obstacles, like t- tells me all like if all he comes into the league to do is to be an AJ Griffin jr like uh, duplicate or doppelganger, like sign me up like because like he would fit perfectly for this team, but he has the potential to be so much more than that. So I, I really like that guy as well. so I mean, hey, but we're in, we're in really good agreement on this podcast, the three of us here. So, um does anybody want to throw anything else out there in the late first
0: round? Um, I'll just throw Pods in there from Santa Clara. Yeah, I I really like his offensive game. Shout out his dad who plugs his son. Shout out to him, <laughs> dude. Just DMs me like links to articles. I respect it um and then this guy i honestly don't think he'll be there but just because he was late uh he was like at pick 28 on gavoni's uh mock draft today maxwell lewis Uh, yeah if you get a guy like maxwell lewis at 28 you do it over and over and over and over again um there's i think three three prototypical three and d guy um and he's shown you some creation uh flashes i think he can almost really i mean in terms of off ball player do it all uh i i don't like comparisons um but like gives me kind of slightly shorter trey murphy vibes um i and i really wanted us to take trey murphy in 2021 Same. so yeah i like i would certainly trade up for if given the opportunity
1: Yeah, I I just want to say on Maxwell Lewis specifically, uh, Yosef, we had your guy Chip Jones on um, a couple weeks ago, uh, and he actually made the prediction that the Thunder take Maxwell Lewis at 12. And while I don't know if we take him at 12, when he was describing him as a player, I had kind of only known him as that prototypical, like just three-point sniper marksman guy. But when he started describing his creation, like in his drive game and stuff, I was like, it sounds like you're just, like, if if I didn't know what prospect we were talking about here, I just think you're talking about Shea Gildas alexander and, like, the, you know, the deceleration, the long strides, the creativity yeah. around the rim. And when you have that combined with, like, the elite three-point shooting, like, I mean, I, I love Max Willis as a prospect as well.
0: No, yeah, it's like the way I, my buddy even said the other day, he was like, it's, it's essentially he has the off-ball game of Trey Murphy, but then, like, he's shown you enough flashes for you to take the chance on ball, like the elongated strides or something like, especially at what he, I think he measured at six, seven, six, eight. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. yeah, I mean, and then he has the defensive potential on the other end. Like that's, I just, and that's a guy I think the thunder really need. They need that one like long wing defender. And I think you're kind of hoping it turns out to be Usman um Mm -hmm. but like i would i would really prefer us to draft a guy like that that isn't as much of a project that like you know baseline nba player you know if he doesn't even meet his like average percentile he's probably still a guy that sticks in the league for a couple years Mm -hmm. and just adding into the hype i don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to the most recent down to dunk Uh,
1: he had kristen peak of yahoo on there and she was saying that she saw him in the gym a couple weeks ago and he looks completely different he's added Quote, unquote, 15 pounds of muscle, which, you know, that's that's kind of like buzzwords when it comes around, like draft time and prospects. But I mean, you know, it, it, you know, as skinny as the stature was, if he's really like, you know, bulking up like that. And she said really getting after it defensively and like workouts and three on threes and stuff like that. Like, absolutely. He's a guy that I would like to the Thunder to draft. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that they actually worked him out a couple of days ago. Yeah. 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 Focus would know that. Focus, Focus got all these workouts uh, on, on his on his mind here. So, uh, Focus, you got anybody else in the late first that you want to kind of throw out there?
2: Maxwell Lewis was my guy. Um, yeah. I'm
1: trying
2: to think of someone. Um, Jet Howard, if he does fall, um, I think Houston's going to take him at twenty. But
0: yeah, yeah, that that that's, shooting upside is. is. Yeah. That ball don't stop basketball team draft in a heartbeat.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he, he he feels like Taylor May for the Houston Rockets at 20. Um, but, yeah, no, I I feel you on that, man. Um, trying to think. I, I had somebody I, – I like those are all guys that I would really like wait first. I want to ask you guys. You know, we kind of talked about Chet being a five, and I think that, you know, that's definitely the idea for the Thunder. But there are some intriguing big men late, whether it's for potential or their size or, you know, what they're able to do. James Nagy, Noah Clowney, um, Trace Jackson Davis, do any of these big guys, like, warrant a, uh, you know, like, wait first round, like, you know, maybe throw an extra second in there to try to get, or are you just out on the bigs? Mm
2: Um. Wait, you want to go first? No, you can go. You can go. Okay, okay. Um, I'm not a huge guy on on any of those. Um, I like Jackson Davis at 37. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would trade up extra assets for him. Um, I think worst case you, not worst case, it's just all the case. Um, you give Jable back up five minutes next year. Um, or plug and play minutes with Chet depending on the matchup. But I wouldn't really overdraft and trade into a first for one of those guys. If it's lively again, I would probably do it. But Mm -hmm. not just got really intrigued me at the
0: moment. Okay. very about you, Yosef? I find Noah Clowney interesting. Um, Still, like, I struggle a lot with bigs late in the first, early in the second, um, Mm -hmm. just because I think they're so hard to, like, read. Um, But I do think Noah Clowney, especially on the defensive end, like, just as a rim protector, is really interesting. Um, And I do think he gives you – vertical spacing um i think there's you know i don't want to say i believe in him ever becoming a shooter but like i do think like eventually he'll be a guy that like can hit the catch and shoot three um he's hit the catch and shoot three this past season but like i think it's a lot different in the nba um Mm -hmm. like i think eventually he'll be able to hit that type of shot but i personally like to stay away from bigs this late Mm -hmm. especially like in the second um it's just at least for me, when I've seen, like, it's never been the best track record, honestly. Yep,
1: yeah, that's that's 100 percent fair. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, people get caught up on Noah Clowney just because the potential and the potential shooting. James Nagy just because, I mean, he looks the part. He's built like an absolute freaking truck. Uh, and then uh, Trey Jackson Davis, I uh, I think people really like the playmaking upside, which honestly, he kind of gives me like you know, skinnier Jalen Williams vibes. Uh, whenever I'm thinking about, you know, his kind of archetype on this team. So that makes sense, but let's dive into the second round here. We got picks 37, pick 50, uh, just really quick, you know, who are some guys, like we'll say like one to two
0: guys you guys like in the second round. And
1: we'll start with, uh, we'll start with Joseph on this one.
0: Um, okay. So I just have one guy at 37 that like, I'm really stuck on and that's Jordan Walsh um Mm -hmm. i think the body fluidity is first class especially the flexibility um he's this like hyperactive three and d athletic guy that he's shown passing skills um like as a connecting piece uh the shot is obviously a question mark um i think that's especially like what hindered him early early in the season last year Mm -hmm. uh before he got benched officially but like he's shown that he's a smart player Um, And he's like, he's honestly a world-class athlete in terms of prospects. Uh, And then on the defensive end, uh, this is a guy, I mean, you want to talk about three and D like uh, strong frame, good rotator, uh, good screen navigation, um, just everything you want as like a guy on the defensive end, especially off ball. Like that's big for me right now, especially just off ball defenders, especially for our like defensive scheme. Mm -hmm. I don't think like people realize how, Like, difficult it would be for a guy who isn't a good off ball defender to play on this team. And I feel like off ball defense, like, to just the more, as Eric Spolster says, the untrained eye um, (laughs) is like very underappreciated when it's probably to me, like, much more important than actual on ball defense, even though Jordan, in my opinion, is good at both.
1: Yeah, for sure. He's uh and he's a guy that's you know been very vocal, like in his combine interviews and like coming out of workouts and stuff. That he was kind of put in a box in Arkansas, and you know he's eager to show other facets of his game. So he is a guy that um, would would definitely be interesting and definitely fits the Thunder mo in terms of like you know uh, size of position, length, and you know feel and uh, defensive intensity. So I like it. What about you? Uh, Focus. You got anybody in the second round you like?
2: Um, I don't know if he'll be there at 37, but Marcus Sasser from Houston, Yep, I think he's a really good bet to just be a good and be a player, a good pull-up um, pull-up shooter off the bench that you can plug and play. Um, there's probably not much more upside left in him just because of how – he's already really good at what he's good at, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of low-hanging fruit there. But kind of like a train man type of role, right? You just want a microwave score. You've always had down-funder teams, right, from Dion Waiters, to Dennis Schroeder. He won that microwave score. And I think he he would be a good bet in the second round. You don't have to overdraft in the first. We still get that guy on a rookie contract. Yep,
1: I like that. All right, I want to ask you guys about, like, just just straight up, like, snipers in the second round. So, you got guys, like, somebody that I really like, Julian Strother, who's a teammate of Chet. Like, I I think, you know, size per position, shooting. Like, I I think – I don't see why some mocks have him, like, late second round. I feel like he should be, like Late first, at least early second, but he's a guy I really like. Uh, you got Ben Shepherd, who was a big winner at the combine. You know, again, size for his position, but just like a knockdown guy from deep. Uh, this is gonna make Keenan happy because it's two episodes in a row we're talking about his boy Seth Lundy out of Penn State, a guy that not only is knocking down shots but is an absolute dog and competitor on the defensive end. So, um, kind of just of like shooting prospects, who who is like your your all's favorite guy that you would like to see the Thunder take a swing at? And uh, we'll start folks there. Sorry.
2: Um, shooting bets. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I would say Julian Smith. Um, Julian Strother was one of mine. Um, GG Gigi Jackson. That's that's probably a rare one. Um, he's probably not your traditional shooting like upset type guy because it's more for creator role. Um, right there, but. I think you can take a shot at him. Um usually those high three pointer type guys, if you look at it historically, they end up becoming good shooters in the NBA. Um he had a really bad pre draft process apparently from everyone I heard. Mm-hmm. And, and he might fall into second round. So he's a guy I would probably take a bet on. Um late second there hasn't been I think late second's really more of a it's more of a defensive second round from what I've seen. It's mm-hmm. so, more for defensive minus second round. So I'm not too familiar with the other shooters, but if Gigi Jackson falls or Julian is right there, I would definitely look at those two.
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm as low on Gigi Jackson as I am on almost any prospect in this draft. Yeah. But if he falls at 37 and, like, we're sitting there staring at him, bring him on, man. Like, I mean, you know, we, we've got one of the best development programs in the league. He is super young. He's got raw talent. Yeah. He just needs honed in a lot. And, you know, I, I trust the Thunder's development system to do that. Like I said, on Lock locked on Thunder. I, I believe the Thunder will be good for GG. I just don't necessarily believe the GG would be good for the Thunder in the first round, but if he's there in the second, like I said, man, take the swing because you know, at that point, like he, that's gravy. So, um, yeah, Joseph, who, who was the, who was the, sh- the shooting specialist that you would like the most in the second round?
0: Ben Shepard's like my guy at 50. Mm-hmm. Um, he's i think just world class whether it's off ball on the move uh the shot variance is really high i do have seth lundy also written as one of my guys at 50 um and i think those are both guys that have kind of fit the mold for our late late second round picks these like uh three four year guys who've stayed in the college for a while more developed uh Aaron Wiggins-esque, you know, just smart basketball players. I think Mm -hmm. that's why I lean more towards Ben than Seth, just because I don't really think Seth has a lot of on-ball stuff that he can do. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously, like, give or take in this point of the draft, right, the odds of any of these guys sticking in the league are extremely low. Um, But you want to, like, grab onto anything you can, and I think that's kind of the difference between Seth and Ben. Um, And, yeah, Ben shot, like, 46% from three last year or yeah. something like that like that that's is a... that's absurd it, it's absurd um that yeah that's a guy I really honestly won f 50 like that'd be my ideal situation but usually honestly at 50 i think I'm, I'm interested to see where they go because like i think especially the past few years you would think like okay they're gonna take a shooter now, like late in the second, right? Mm-hmm. And we just haven't. we've taken like those guys like those Swiss Army knife type of guys that like kind of do it all. So like I'm honestly really interested because i've it's been really hard for me like i've I've gone a feel for who we could take at thirty seven or who we could take at twelve. Then I go to fifty and I'm like, I genuinely don't know what direction they're gonna go here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting, man. You know I mean? And you can't like even overlook the 50th pick because we got a guy like Aaron Wiggins at pick 55. So uh, there's definitely value to be had there. Uh, Fellas, I'm going to pull audible here. Um, It it might be unpopular, but I said I'm a hard out at an hour. We're about 11 minutes left. We still got a couple of things that I really want to talk about. So Least favorite guys, I kind of mentioned Gigi Jackson, Anthony Black as somebody that I had. Joseph kind of had Derek Lively. Just real quick, if you could just mention one other guy for least favorite guys and we'll move on to the next stuff. Uh, and we'll start with uh, focus there.
2: This is more specifically for the founder, but I'm not a huge Nick Smith guy for OKC. I'm with you. Um, I don't really see the value. I'm specifically talking about 12. I don't really see the value there to take. I, feel, I think in this team, his ceiling is a really good backup point, but I really don't see him likely taking over one of the court figure four, and I just don't like that taking the lottery. Not high high on him as a prospect. He had a really bad shot-making season overall. Um, I still do think there's a good talent there, probably top 20 bet, but I, I don't like him at 12.
1: Yeah, hey, that's that's one of my other guys here. So let's let's see if Yosef can pull off the Mount Rushmore, the guys I don't like in this draft. Yosef, who is – your least like prospect, Joseph. Can you hear
0: me? Um, Gigi, yes. Can you hear me? Yeah, now I can. Okay. Yeah, that
1: was weird. Yeah, yeah. I, I got you now. You're good. Uh. Oh no we're no. we good now now i think we are okay are, are we are we in time oh no okay uh, i'm gonna kick you just try to join back in okay all right well not a hard out at an hour now because <laughs> technical <laughs> difficulties so that's fun but we're making good time, you know, like hitting all yeah. the all, all the points here. I just wanted to make sure we had enough time to do the draft combination bowl prediction, because that's kind mm-hmm. of been the ending for all of our podcasts. Yeah.
2: Um while we're talking there, um another guy I wouldn't like at twelve. Um uh, I'm not trying to steal one of Houston guys, but I'll say Jordan Hawkins would probably be a weird fit there. I don't really see them taking him at all. But he's he's been mocked a lot, so who knows. Okay.
1: All right, Yosef, are you with us now?
0: Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, we got it. Okay. Um. So, least favorite. I know. I said lively. I I only had lively written down just because I haven't. Like, I'm not very hard against anyone. Uh. I will say just as strictly for the Thunder, I do like him as a prospect, but Keontae George.
1: Um, oh,
0: okay. I just I do think he has like some defensive skills that I like. Um. It's just. For me, it's just that I, I want a bigger guard. I'm big on like jumbo guys right now, just because mm-hmm. I think even when jumbo guys are a bit like they're they lack some defensive skills, their size and their wingspan kind of make up for it on that end. Um, and then I'd say Nick Smith as well. Uh, once again, nothing against him as a prospect. And I actually do think like if he drops a 12, I think that's good value at 12. Um, but it's just he it doesn't do it for me, honestly. Um, and then, yeah, as you said earlier, GG, I'm it's probably unfair, uh, but yeah, I'm good, I'm very good on GG, like <laughs>
1: very, very good. So, you heard it here first, guys. first, guys, Yosef is a heightist. uh, he does not like short people. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. All right, well, hey, let's get into this. Uh, as we're ending the podcast, these are this is how I've ended every draft podcast, and I really like the different answers we get here. So, picks 12, picks 37, picks 50. if... We was gonna ask you guys for your ideal draft combination. Saying the Thunder stay at pick twelve, that's that's the caveat. Uh, what would that draft combo be? And we'll start
2: with focus. Um, at twelve, I would probably say Grady Dick. At twelve, would be my ideal outcome right now. Okay. Um, brings all the shooting you need. Unbelievable offensive prospect off the catch, connected passing, would be a dream fit. Kind of like you said earlier. Um. At 37, I would go. I would probably even overdraft Seth Lundy. Um, I I mentioned him earlier, but he's right. a guy I really liked. Mm-hmm. Movement shooter all around the board, and I think similar to Isaiah Joe, he he will be playable defensively even with his side. I think he'll be able to stay on the floor there. Mm-hmm. And we have 50, right? 50. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, pick 50. Um, guy like um Keontae Johnson from um, Kansas. Yeah, I, I liked him a lot earlier in the process um, earlier in the process. He stayed around our range I'll be happy to take it. At the point.
1: I've got bad blood against Keontae Johnson for what he did for the <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats in the tournament, but you know, it it'll it be a good pick at pick 50, so it's all good. Uh all right, Yosif, what about you, man? Picks 12 37 all 50. Right.
0: 12, I'm going to go with Bilal. Um, Let's go. <laughs> I just the fit, I understand the fit in like the shooting questions, and it's really hard to win if Josh and Bilal never become shooters. I understand that, but I think the as a prospect, he's just too good. Mm-hmm. 37, I'm going to go Jordan Walsh, or just as a little wild card, maybe Omax in there. Yeah. Um, Omax really intrigues me. Um, and then at 50, I'm going to go Ben Shepard. Uh, that's like my guy at 50. I don't know if he – I think there's a chance he goes – high forties before mm-hmm. we we're at 50. Um, that's focused at how he's taking set Lundy at 37. Uh, said Lundy would be a dream at 50. I don't know if he's available at 50.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Big, I mean,
0: big combine winner for him.
1: Shoot, man. I mean, if we walked away with one, like Lundy D Sheff- like if we walked away with just like a specialty shooter, like I would be, yeah. I would be not only happy, I would be impressed <laughs> with, with the front office because, you know, it feels like it, it's been like their, uh, their one downfall like in the past few years but alright guys uh, wrapping up the pod here bold prediction for the Thunder in the draft put your name on it Joseph we're starting with you
0: okay so I feel like trading up isn't super bold at this point or even trading back into the first so I'm gonna say I, I wouldn't be surprised if Sam trades back like mm. I, I, I would not be surprised uh, sad reality <laughs> You know, do I think it happens? No. Um, or you know what? Let me go even bolder because I've thought about this in the back of my head. Trading into like the top five, yeah. Like I, you have the draft capital. If you like someone, go get your prospect. Um, I've, I've, I've really thought about the idea of like even somehow trading to three. Uh, don't think it happens. I think, I think uh, Portland takes Scoot there, no matter what. Um, but I do think it's intriguing or even like working something out with Houston where like you give them their picks back, Mm -hmm. um, and they, they move back either one. I think it's super interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put your feet to the fire, man. Who are we taking if we trade up to five? You mentioned before, like, you know, it's not just trading up. It's trading up with the plan. So
0: See, see, that's, that's, you got me there because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm the number one guy. I even sent in the group chat the other day. I was like, I hate when people just say to trade up and they because like for me, I'm not sure if there's someone at five, like other than Jorossi that I like, that I would take. Or Jairus, I mean, like there's just uh and even that at five, like I'm a big Jairus guy, but like taking him at like trading him to five, you're giving up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Um my dream situation, I'm gonna say this offline so the Twitter people don't kill me. Um <laughs> but like I have there's been a trade for three in the back of my mind the past couple of days. I wouldn't do it. Oh, yeah. It's crossed my mind. It's crossed my mind.
1: I think it's crossed everybody's mind. It makes it makes sense, you know. Whether whether people want to accept it or not, it makes sense. So uh, we'll we'll say that uh, online here. So uh, focus. Uh, you know, I made thunder. I made the uh, Yosef go three shades of bold here. So uh, you know, you could just go one shade if you need to, but like get get as bold as you want to do. What's your bold prediction for this draft? Bold prediction.
2: Um. I don't know if it's bold anymore because it, it somehow picked up steam like a few weeks ago. I ha- it's cooled down a bit, but I still think they go Leonard Miller at 12. Mm. I think he's a prospect Sam would really like with his high field. Um, he showed a lot of athleticism in the season. A big improvement also. I think that's one thing they value a lot. Improvement across seasons. Yeah. He's, he was much better this season. Much better using physicality. I just think he's a guy that I'm not a huge fan of like at 12 especially, but I think I think that's a guy that Sam in the front office will like a lot.
1: yeah, uh, I, I don't I, I'm gonna wait until like our last pod before the draft to do like my bold prediction, but <laughs> at this point, man, like I like this draft so much yeah. that as long as we don't take Rand repair at 12, I think i'm I'm okay with the outcome. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at here. So, um, all right, guys, this is, uh, th- that's the end of the pod. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you guys back on the off season to talk Thunder season predictions. We well, kind of ran out of time here, but, uh, thank you guys for coming on. Always a blast getting to talk to you guys. I think that you guys dropped a lot of insight and represent the thunder Twitter very well. So I want to give you guys a chance to plug anything you want to plug where folks can find you, anything you might be working on. Uh, and, uh, we'll start with Yosef.
0: Yeah, um, you can just follow me on Thunder Film Room at Twitter um, and make sure to follow Swish Theory as well. Um, a lot of good guys there doing a lot of cool stuff, and I appreciate you having me on, Dylan. Absolutely, man. Focus, back to you, man.
2: Um, like you said, you can follow me um, by thunderfocus Thunder Focus. Um, there is a project I've been working on for the last few months. Um, maybe I get announced by the um, off-season pod, but there's something I've been trying to work on, so that's all I can say right now.
1: All right, that's what's up, man. Well, very excited to see, uh, you know, what the future holds for you guys. As I'm excited to see what the future holds for the Thunder. So, uh, with that being said, on behalf of myself, Joseph, and Focus, hope everybody has a great night. God bless hoop when you can, and as always,
0: Thunder up, Thunder up. Yeah, I thought I
1: was gonna have to tell you guys to do it, but you, you guys <laughs> been here before.